Howdy, howdy. Welcome to Null Pointers. We are your hosts, Stephen, Gerald, and Mark. And today we'll be talking about messaging apps. So drop us a message. So before we get into today's topic, I want to hear you guys out because I'm messing around with my desk setup and I'm still in the process of arranging all the things. I actually have a desk currently that is bigger than the one that I actually need. So I'm going to go for a smaller one. So I've taped off the area that I'm going to need for the other one. And now I'm trying to cram everything into the dimensions that I've taped off. I put a a strip of tape on the table Hmm. where it's going to get shortened, I guess. And to save some space, I put one of my monitors into a vertical fashion because that is the hip and cool thing to do on the internet these days. So I was wondering, has has any one of you found use in that setup? Nope. I did it and (laughs) I turned it back and no, it wasn't for me. Um, I would I because it was uh, what year is this? Um, so when I started, it's March, isn't it? Um, <laughs> in two thousand nineteen already. Oh my gosh, it's it's been so long um, since I got this new job, and uh, which is not really new anymore. Anyway, um, so then I started. I also redecorated the whole office, which wasn't an office before. Got a new desk, and I thought, you know, let's do the vertical monitor thing because um, it's hip, it's cool. Um, you can put lots of code and read all your documentation and blah blah. Um, so I did it, and I don't know. I just ended up using. It not for well. I I tried using it, but I ended up using the second screen still as you know trying to do all kinds of things besides reading lots of code um, in one page. And then I just figured out like, hey, I don't have enough room for all the things that I want to do, so I just turned it back and loved it ever since. So it it wasn't for me. But was that before or after you got an ultra wide monitor? Because uh, now I you have an ultra wide, you have more space. Yeah, that's true. I think I it was at the same time, so I think I got the ultra wide back then too. But I'm not. So that was I think that was my thinking. Uh, so like you know, I have a lot of space in the ultra wide, so I'm going to use that for all my horizontal things and the other one for the vertical things. But yeah, it it just didn't work for me. Okay, well, interesting. I mean, I I currently I only have one screen and i'll Aww. leave it how can how can you even work how's the how does what is it 27 oh my inch gosh. you know i'm just i'm just minimalist effective you know mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. just yeah i to be honest i'm secretly browsing these ultra wide curve monitors just to have a look at it but yeah maybe one day maybe one day i'll pull the trigger and then i'll make this 27 inch screen to a fancy dashboard screen that will be standing somewhere and showing some cool graphs like in the movies could be um but for now i have this one and i leave it the way it is in the horizontal uh dimension put up uh, though at my last place of work i had a 27 inch screen and a, a bit of a smaller one and i put it also into the vertical arrangement and I just didn't get the benefit out of it, to be honest. I I don't know. Maybe I'm just too 
too mentally limited to take in so much screen estate at once uh, to scroll it all in. But usually I only dabble around in the same 20 to 30 lines of code and that's it for me. So I switch back again. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I think for me, the curve, they make the, the most sense because you can like split up the screen into having different sections. And so you could also have like a more narrow screen so you got like the horizontal feeling effect so that might be something in the near future but then again i i really like big desks Stephen. i i don't get why you would ever make a desk any smaller than it could be i like big desks and i cannot lie mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah so you didn't try your single monitor in in vertical fashion i get that that's that's a shame yeah, but I saw it in TV series they do it. You know, like when you're a yeah, writer and you and you write these. And if you're only in Word, I guess, or whatever people use to write serious documents. Um, yeah, Notepad for me. But yeah, uh, okay. Well, that that settles it. I uh, I'm gonna switch it back. That's, that's <laughs> a verdict. Just like that. Yeah, it's two two against one. Yeah, I'm yeah, I'm easy. So moving on to what you could use your big vertical real estate for, which is chat messages and lots of them. Mm. We, uh, we live in a world where I guess we, we can't live without our chat message apps, be it our DMs on Twitter or be it WhatsApp, Signal, Telegram, you, you name the thing. Um, I think pretty much every country has its own implementation by now. You know, it's, it's funny that you say that. I remember having telco providers coming out with their own chat apps and then wondering why no one adopts them because people were usually across different circle providers. So sorry for interrupting you there with that. Oh, no, it's, it's no, not. But it just brings back memories where they just go oh. like, how do you think Light this would work out? <laughs> yeah. Memories, they call them. Okay. <laughs> so like it's, it's, there's no life, I guess, imaginable without these. Although I do think people manage to get by, especially the older people, I suppose. It's with pigeons, right? That that was the age of pigeons, right? When you had... No, sorry. The thing is, like, way back when, and dear listeners, forgive us for being very old, but I I remember writing letters. And, like, if I write... If I write two lines on a paper with a pen, I get a cramp by now. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Absolutely horrible. I had to, like, for, for Christmas, I had to write a, a poem for the little one because that's kind of tradition or for the holidays at least that's the tradition here and it was like i i was very lofty with my 20 lines of poem and oh, i i wrote an entire evening on that it's horrible <laughs> but yeah that's that's a different tangent here so messaging apps um just looking at my phone i think i have at least six on there uh, i don't uh, know about you guys six. but yeah only six let me get it out. Let me get it out. Here we go. Uh, so is that like pure messaging or things that can also message? Because I have LinkedIn, Twitter, WhatsApp, Instagram, Discord, Facebook Messenger, Slack, uh, Google Hangouts is still on here. Is that still a thing? Signal, Telegram. Uh, I'm pretty sure I have Slack somewhere. So yeah. Did you mention Teams? That's uh, Teams. Teams is not on my phone, but uh, you could have Teams <laughs> it could be. by now. It could be. be. Absolutely. So I lost count, but that was uh, pretty much. So I think this, like this whole, uh, sorry, Mark, to to take your, I want to know how many apps you have as well. But I think this whole episode kind of came to be because like the whole discussion with 
WhatsApp, right? Because they are now announcing like we have this new privacy issue thing going on so they can um, use the, uh, well, they have privacy issues for a long time, but um, so now they have this new privacy statement and they're saying like, we can use whatever is in your chat messages to um, enrich our data on Facebook. And we're going to use that to um, make even better experience and user experience. And it's all in your best interest uh, that we can cram down your throats even more advertisements. Um, so that's basically the thing that they're doing. So now a lot of people are scrambling and looking for other clients to basically install. Um, and I think that is kind of what sparked the um, this episode, right? Um, but sorry, Mark, go ahead. How many messaging apps do you have on your phone? Oh no, you 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 are on run there, man. You you got. You, I think you got... I don't even need you. I can I can do this podcast alone. I can just. We could just have Gerald reading down thirty minutes of apps that are in. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be a good episode. Okay, I'll start right now. Yeah. If, uh, if ca- anybody's got insomnia, photos, give us a, give us a DM <laughs> on Twitter, and uh, we, we'll handle this out for you. We'll yeah, just yeah, have... yeah. I'll put it on Spotify, and uh, you can you can use that to go to sleep. So no yeah, but I mean, you 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 said it really nicely there with the WhatsApp thing going on. So Facebook, literally, I think it's called a privacy policy. I found that a bit humorous because it basically there's no privacy left, in my opinion. So it's just like we'll just read anything, and yeah, you can. And uh, right now, you can still click away the accept part of it. And uh, by February the eighth, I think you just have to accept it, or you can go off the platform. Something like that was the statement that they gave. And uh, yeah, that's um, an interesting thing going on there. So a lot of my uh, more technical-minded friends they are now going off to Signal and Telegram, and so I I installed them and I tried them out. And uh, yeah, it, it reminds me a bit of having all these uh, messaging apps already on your phone, like, uh, I don't know, Meetup, LinkedIn, all those things. And then people write you over those channels. And I'm someone who does not have often all the notifications enabled. So you open up an app after two months and someone was asking you how you're doing and if they could uh, have some information they would need in two hours time. But yeah, that's, I think, the the other challenge that... Uh, I personally face uh, with this new world of having 20,000 app messengers installed uh, to be able to communicate with people. What about you, Stephen? Yeah, like I said, I also I also have a lot of these, not all of the ones that Gerald mentioned, but yeah, it's it, it kind of, on the one hand, you can't really live without it. That's, that's how that typically goes with tech. They make you want and need it, and then they... Uh, they need to feed the algorithm or it gets angry, I guess. But yeah, it's uh, I'm, I'm not switching over yet because I don't think I can fully switch over. Like, <laughs> I can. I want to. I, can. <laughs> I, I physically could, but like <laughs> I would need to convince everyone else to also physically be able to trans uh, transform their experience into like signal or something else that has better better privacy conditions yeah but that's that's the thing right so i think there's a couple of things going on here especially like with whatsapp so we talked about this a little bit earlier uh we didn't know then that we were going to make an episode about this but anyway um so what's going on with with whatsapp is just if we go back to the history again not writing letters well although Maybe at that time I was writing letters too. Uh, but anyway, so I had this this phone 
uh, it was known as, is it the XDA something? Well, I think I've mentioned it before. It had like this, it was a very bulky thing. It was kind of like, you know, a pebble, a large pebble kind of thing. Um, and you could flip it open and you would have a physical keyboard. So, um, and it ran Windows CE on it, uh, which was completely not used usable for those kinds of devices. Uh, so you had a stylus and you had to, oh my gosh. I was pretty quick with it. Everyone was always impressed. Uh, but anyway, so, and you didn't have any messaging apps back then because the internet on your mobile phone was not really a thing. You could do it, but it was pretty pricey. Not all devices could do it. Uh, so it, it, that wasn't a thing. So you had to, you know, uh, to use regular SMS uh, text messages, um, which worked fine. But then the whole new thing came. I don't even know at which point exactly, but the thing that came, at least here, because I think there's also like differences in what part of the world you are. Uh, but the thing that came here is WhatsApp. Um, and that is, you know, that, that became the thing just because they were the first everyone installed it it was um, you could you could message someone infinitely unlimitedly uh, without hitting your your bundle on your phone so that was great um, everyone installed it and we were all hooked and basically it never changed from there um, and that is kind of how this thing came to be and it's like Stephen says like all the and Edmark by the way all your kind of like tech savvy friends who are worriedish about their privacy, they're going to look for alternatives of, or they already did probably. Uh, but, you know, I'm not going to convince my mother or just some some random person here in the street uh, to, to do something else. So that's, that's kind of the problem that you have with this change. You need to convince everyone. And of course, you can just do that by actually making the change and um, um, doing that thing. But uh, I think it will take a long time before um, WhatsApp will really go away, at least here in the Netherlands. Yeah, because even if you convince, say, the wife, then the wife needs to convince her network. Yeah, exactly. Else she'll miss out, and yeah, it just becomes one big oil stain like that. But it's a it's a tough one. But Mark, I know that you were a fan of Signal before it was cool. <laughs> yeah, well, I I tried it out. Um, I wanted to broaden my mind. I mean, it's uh, it's no big secret that WhatsApp was bought by Facebook, and I think the interesting thing is the guy that was the or one of the inventors or core members of the WhatsApp team. Uh, shortly after WhatsApp got acquired, he he left, and he created a new company that then started this Signal app. Uh, and it's actually, I think, the same person that implemented the original end-to-end encryption into WhatsApp. So he he went on, and uh, I think when he left, he said, uh, guys, delete your Facebook, delete your WhatsApp, come over to the promised land of Signal. And so I thought I would give it a try. I mean, it's the same person. Uh, and I must say, it has got some really nice features in there. Uh, you got GIFs, uh, which is in my opinion, a must-have, and of course emojis, but I mean, primarily GIFs. And it's all end-to-end encrypted. You've got your group chats and all. It's a bit more, what should I say? It's a bit more techy, if you ask me. I don't know what it is. It's just like the design, uh, the user experience, the finesse. Uh, Maybe Stephen can bring in the proper Dutch word for this. 
Um, it's it's not quite word. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Well, people always say bring in the German word, but then you two would look at me and then be off. Yeah, anyhow. Uh, so yeah, but uh, so that's that signal. And so uh, shortly, I, I also tried out Telegram, and I think Telegram is a lot more like Signal. Uh, sorry, like WhatsApp um, from the feel and everything, and from the finesse. And yeah, so now I'm I'm a bit stuck between these three messaging apps and. As Coincident wants to have it, I now have people that are primarily now using Signal. I have others that are now still on WhatsApp, and I have the others that are on Telegram. And yeah, and I'm somewhere in between. Things only got worse, basically. That's that's the thing. Uh, yeah, so it's that's exactly so. If we go look at like you know the the messaging apps and what they do, so you got a whole lot of them. Uh, and of course, you know, I mentioned a couple like the Facebook Messenger, uh, and I think the plan is to combine all the Facebook kind ones, right? So uh, Instagram is, of course, from Facebook. So Facebook Messenger, uh, WhatsApp. So those three are all kind of like the same thing. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, uh, so that's that. But I think mainly for me, it would be like WhatsApp, Telegram, uh signal a little bit because it's 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 coming now but you know so signal is the big thing on privacy um telegram is the the winner in features if you ask me um because it has all these i was i was trying it out with mark earlier today and it has some weird things we managed to create like literally um three uh chat channels or or whatever you want to call them so our one-on-one chat um with with just the two of us because you have like your regular chat whenever you start talking to someone and then you can do a secret chat which also has like the same end-to-end encryption uh but then mark started another secret chat with me and they kind of like you know crossed each other and didn't see that the, that there was already one um so yeah. it was funny uh but it also has like sticker packs uh, you can send gifts. Uh, you can delay, so you can schedule actually sending messages. You can send messages without sound, so without actually notifying the person. Uh, so th- there's a lot of cool features. Uh, the web client is amazing as well. So there's a lot of cool features in there. Uh, but yeah, also there, the, the the privacy is kind of like you know um, more not so transparent um, unless you really start that secret chat, which is. Uh, you know, not something obvious that you would automatically do. So yeah, that's that's kind of like the big three. And then like, you know, you have Slack, Twitter, Teams. They are like in a different category for me. Um, I feel like they're primary. Uh, I mean, that's true for Instagram as well, by the way, but and, and maybe Facebook. Um, those are not really primarily messaging apps, I feel, but you can, of course, send messages with those as well. Um, yeah. I I don't want to ruin the pod in the middle but i wonder if we ever even get beyond this like if if you're getting this thing for free you are the product is what they say and either either way whatever app you're gonna use in the end you're you're gonna be the product and i I don't know like if we all now massively switch to signal what's to say that in two years time signal doesn't pull a WhatsApp, changes their privacy statement and wants to make money um, on our data. I mean, I totally share your concern. Um, so I, I actually dug into these things a bit, or, uh, not very, very deep, like 30 minute deep-ish. Uh, and so I think when you look at Telegram, that's a lot of it is like a promise from a company. So they promise they will keep your stuff private. Uh, they promise they won't share your chat messages. As Gerald mentioned before, 
the chat messages are not encrypted by default end-to-end. So end-to-end encryption means if I send an encrypted message from my device to, let's say, Stephen, uh, only Stephen will be able to read that on his end device. The servers are in between. It will never be uh, lying around uh, unencrypted there. So Telegram says we do actually store your messages encrypted on our servers and the encryption keys, they are not on the same server. They're actually even in a different country. So we make it uh, difficult for uh, lawyers to get the stuff because they would then have to go into a different country and all stuff like that. So they, they, they tell you that they are making this really hard and, and very privacy focused, but it's not end-to-end encrypted. And Signal, on the other hand, has everything end-to-end encrypted. And that's like the the big selling point of Signal there. Another thing that I found quite interesting is that Signal is actually a non-profit company. So it's it lives from donations. And uh, I think one of the major do- donat- donators of this uh, Signal is the American government. They get, a I think, $30 million per year. To, to run Signal or to develop it further. And Telegram is uh, mainly backed by a person's name who the name just eluded me. Uh, but he also created VK, which was in Russia, like the counterpart of Facebook. And he got quite rich with that. And so he right now finances Telegram. And so it is open right now. Like how will Telegram survive in the future? What is their revenue model? Because it's just a, a benefactor that stands, I think, mainly behind Telegram that uh, provides the, the service to us. And I think from that point out, it's uh, it looks quite interesting. Another interesting thing that um, I noticed a couple of years back is I think in Europe, literally everyone has got WhatsApp installed. And even though people are now moving away from it, it's still like the de facto standard here in Europe. I was like super surprised when I was the first time in the States and people were not using WhatsApp. I mean, that was for me like, what? You're That's like not having a mobile phone on you uh, when you're in Europe, basically. Uh, that's how uh, broad it is. And I think there's also like um, some different messages depending on where your background is. So I think there might be regions out there that are not so heavily influenced uh, by this change of WhatsApp privacy policy. So what a lot of people use over there is basically like the, the built-in iOS messaging app. Um, I don't know what they use for, for Android, I suppose, something similar. Um, but th- that may be something on the on the data plan side or so. That I mean, usually for, for texts, they would charge you quite some copious amounts over here at least. Um, but I'm not sure if that's, a, if that's the case over there. Yeah, kind of the same, and that's that's something I mentioned earlier. So uh, I, something I recall vividly from like the exam expert day. I think we um, very naively assumed that you know WhatsApp was a thing around all of the world. Uh, but the thing with WhatsApp is that you have to automatically share your phone number, right? And not everyone is comfortable with that, which I totally understand. Uh, so with the the exam and expert day, we. Uh, created a group chat in WhatsApp, like, hey, you know, you can just join here, uh, send this link, you can join here, and um, we can stay in touch in, in the, the time leading up to that day and at the day itself. You know, if you need anything, just let us know. Um, there were a couple of people who said, like, hey, that is nice and all, and I want to be included, but I don't want to share my number with everyone else. Um, and that was totally fair. So, you know, that that was like a kind of an 
eye opener. And you know, together with that, um, also like they weren't even maybe using it or didn't have an account or whatnot. So that was really kind of like another eye opener. Like, hey, um, something that is very normal here doesn't have to be normal for everyone. So that's kind of um, a funny thing. But yeah, I, I'm not really sure. I think a lot of people, like in, if you're looking at the US, I think a lot of people have um, iPhones over there and they indeed use a lot of like the iMessage or just um, are still texting. I don't know. Um, they they might be using someone else. And I think if you go look at countries like China, they have like their own ecosystem and whole um, own apps altogether. So that's a um, different world entirely. But uh, it's it's interesting. So yeah. So if we if we look at let's let's say the three of us we band together, we we think very highly of privacy. We're gonna make the next one, the next messaging app where. All your data belongs to you. And I don't know how we're going to make money yet, but that, we'll figure that out once we get there. <laughs> um, so where where would you get started? Obviously, you're going to need the encryption. I think we mentioned that quite a few times already. Um, the end-to-end encryption, there's a new get for that. I'm sure of it. We'll just pull that off the shelves, build it. Um, but I, I can also like imagine just purely based on on what I see in my WhatsApp and then going around the world, looking at how many people have it, you're going to need some really big cloud message storage mechanism um, that can scale up quite largely. I uh, I don't think one Azure VM will will manage, I suppose. I think we need two, just two? For, for redundancy reasons. Yeah, probably. So what what else what else kind of techy stuff do we do we put in there? Mark has thought about it. I'm sure. Mark, <laughs> tell me, how are we going to build this? Stephen wants to start off with the easy part with the encryption, right? We will just yeah, uh, we'll just, uh, leave for that <laughs> off the for shelf, right off the shelf, off the shelf, off the shelf encryption. Yeah, I mean that's I mean, always good. Certifications and stuff like that—that's super easy all the time. That that won't go wrong anytime soon. Now, I mean, I think it. It really depends how how real time you want to make your uh, messaging experience. Like uh, when you in in the most common messengers, when you type, other people can see that you're typing or that you're online. So you need to have some uh, live feedback there. So if you would do this like in a Xamarin app, um, which is totally possible um, because uh, we have all the goodies there, even some default encryption libraries. We would just hope that they will bring us all the way. Maybe not. Um, but yeah, so I think real-time chats, uh, web sockets is something that lends, it, that lends itself there. So the TCP socket for the HTTP stack. Uh, speaking about .NET, that could be SignalR. SignalR makes that a lot easier. You get automatic reconnect, stuff like that. So a lot of goodies out of the bag. Um, but as you said, Stephen, Web sockets, they're expensive. Uh, so um, I, I would have to do the numbers again, but you, you will need some serious hardware to support a few hundred thousand people. So that will, we, we, might, we might need to think about the revenue stream at some point there using that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that, that would be one way. And I mean, if we, if we look at Xamarin, I mean, we could, we could build clients for everywhere. You know, we could build them for uh, iOS, Android, Windows Desktop, Mac OS is uh, coming soon along. Uh, maybe even Linux with GTK. So Tizen, Tizen. Tizen, yeah, Tizen. Uh, so there would be possibilities uh, how we could do that. 
Um, yeah, maybe even for smartwatches, you know? I mean, who doesn't like to type on a smartwatch and go crazy? But yeah, maybe but, you can um, talk talk to it like like the Knight Rider. You can say, "Hey, oh, yeah. kid, this is my talking message. in public, yeah. and everybody's public. going like, Who's that? <laughs> look at this what? idiot.' <laughs> you're now you're acting as if there are actually people in public somewhere. Yeah, that's Which, that's wow, that's true. That's like, you could totally do this right now. You could go yeah. outside <laughs> and be all alone and talk with <laughs> a smartwatch and text, and oh. no one will look funny. Yeah. yeah. So, but the thing then is like we already talked about it a lot. So, like with the messages being somewhere in the cloud um, um, or on your device, but that's the thing with end-to-end encryption, right? So that's the 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 thing because at some point it has to live somewhere because your phone cannot act as a server. So it it isn't um, the deal that the message only exists on your two phones. Uh, the only thing that happens is that it gets encrypted. Um, one way so it's never recoverable by some key that is uh, generated between your two phones probably um, that is how the the end-to-end encryption stuff and and the messages only being on your devices works right so someone sends a message well they establish some kind of encryption key probably then they send a message that gets um, um, sent to the database maybe already encrypted um, then it sits there, and then whenever the other party connects, then the message is retrieved, um, and then it is unencrypted because they have the key. Um, is that is that how that works? Does does anyone have any idea? I think you you did a you did a good job there, Gerald. Yeah, I think it's uh, it must be some kind of asymmetrical encryption where you got a public and private key, and uh, so I during my short uh, interwebs look up uh, why. Does Telegram not offer end-to-end and Signal uh, uh, Signal does it? Um, I saw that this end-to-end encryption is actually quite tricky if you want to have multiple devices involved. Because if I have a private key and you have a private key and a public key, we can just exchange it and everything's hunky-dory. And if we then got a group chat, we just have to do this multiple times for all the involved parties. And then we have queues on the back end. So when you're offline and I send you a push notification, when you come online, you'll then grab that message. And then you can say, I have a queue of about a thousand or something. And when you got more, when you've been on vacation for too long, you'll lose some older messages, stuff like that. You could you can make that happen um, if we if we run it through, but the tricky thing is when you then have multiple devices because usually uh, for me I always have a desktop client of whatever chat messaging thing I'm using because then I can use my nice keyboard and hammer out those messages and write my thoughts in full prosa without autocorrect uh, coming in my way and uh, telling me what I'm actually wanting to type. Uh, those kind of scenarios. And then you actually have to have like two private keys that are somehow shared and stuff like that. Or or you then would have to share the private key from one device to another. And that's where it gets like super complicated because you want to have the full chat history on all the clients that you have, uh, but still fully encrypted. And that's why we had this little fun conundrum on Telegram because on Telegram, if you make end-to-end encryption, it's only from device to device. And so somehow we managed uh, to start a channel which showed up on my phone, but right now it only works from my iPad. So our super secure channel, Gerald, I will always have to grab my iPad to write you. So if you ever do not hear from me on my super private channel, 
Um, it might be because my iPad is not in reach. Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. FYI. Good to know. Um, so also for, for something like you mentioned earlier, um, typing on your watch, what I do like about most chat apps is that I get notifications on my watch. And that, I mean, push notifications in and of itself is a, is a complex topic. Um, but yeah. That that'll also be one of the challenges we'll we'll have to tackle, um, especially because like the the chat app, you want to be notified pretty then and there, like when it's backgrounded, when you're in the app, you wanna you wanna get all the latest updates. So that's pushes. Oh, I I don't even want to go too deep into <laughs> it. It's I I wreck my brain every time on that thing. You could leverage like the the things that are in place for at least Android and iOS, right? So um, yeah. that that already handles a lot of the infrastructure. Um, so yeah, it's it's still hard to get it right, but uh, at least you can use that. But the thing that interests me in that scenario is you can get a message. Um, ah, I guess so that you can do that from your local device, maybe. So the thing that I know from like remote. Uh, notifications, push notifications, is that you need to send like the payload, right? So if it's end-to-end encrypted, then how can you get like the preview for your message in that push notification? Because they are not supposed to read it. But maybe they do some little trick on the client side to unencrypt it and show then some local notification. I don't know. Well, uh, don't you get some background time when you get a push notification? So you could like make a silent notification, then run in the background, grab that message from the cloud, and then make a local notification show up with the text. Yeah, maybe something like that. I don't know. Um, If there are any experts in our audience, please let us know. We are here to learn as well. Um, So yeah, I would be interested. But uh, yeah, for the rest, I think the push notifications, you know, Steven, you know, just, it's a staple of mobile. Just do it. Generate all those lousy certifications, certifications, certificates from Apple and blah blah. And um, yeah, we could we could do an entire show on the death and the production certificates and when to use which and what could go wrong there. I mean, nothing, of course, and why the cloud might help you or might not help you a lot and stuff like that. Yeah, we that that could be a show. But coming back to to the messaging topic. What do you think? What do you think? Will Facebook prevail? Will this entire WhatsApp debacle just wash over? Or will people start caring about their privacy online? I think there are not enough techie people that actually, well, manage to make a difference. I think. I think something more like uh, some catastrophic event on on that, like uh, something, I'm not saying like a, a volcano erupting or something, but just a like a, a failure somewhere in that whole privacy thing that'll probably take it down but it's i don't think i think most normal people just see that message see one big button see a wall of text and already get well encouraged to push the button and not read the text basically oh yeah so but i think uh i think we in the eu are not they have more strict privacy laws right so i think the whole thing doesn't even um, apply to us uh which is also kind of like a farce at the same time because if you're messaging with people um outside of the us uh, outside of the eu i don't know how that's going to work uh but anyway so i mean even if they can't do it here yet they'll probably find a way or um they'll do it anyway and then later on it will be like oops that was a stupid bug we made oh stupid us 
Um, so, but but I, I think I totally get what what Stephen says, and I think that is going to be true at least for the time being. And I think um, the the like lesser tech people need to really um, realize somehow, um, and maybe that's our responsibility as tech savvy people uh, to make them aware of the things that are going on with. Um, a Facebook and all the the, the things there, um, because you know, like most companies, they're not there to make our lives better and have better experiences and better interactions. They just want to make a <clears throat> load of money. Boatload. Yeah, boatload. That's good. That's good. So, uh, I mean, and maybe not even like a a boatload of money, uh, but at least they, you know, they have based bills to pay as well. So they they need to have um, some income uh, one way or the other. Um, and the truth is, you know, people like free. Uh, you can you can say you can donate all day long, uh, but people are not going to do it. They can have, say like, hey, you know, I have this app that I can pay for, but I have this app that does kind of like the same thing for free. So why should I pay for it? Um, not realizing that they pay with like their data and all the things that probably we know, but they are not really aware of. So um, um, I don't see that changing for some time to come. Yeah. And uh, I think right now you can even see, even if it's free and more private, uh, you still have to change. And that is a effort that many people are not willing to take right now, uh, which I think is, is quite ironic because I remember when the uh, COVID tracking app in Switzerland came out, uh, there was a huge uproar about privacy and that you were getting tracked by the state and everything. And that thing did none of that. And then you got a WhatsApp yeah. messaging client <laughs> yeah. where you can enable position tracking and all that, and they will actually do it. <laughs> they will they will actually track your position when you're moving around. And yeah, I think that's uh, quite ironic that uh, people, they, they just stop caring when it comes to, to the messaging client for some odd reason. But do, do I think that people will change the... Uh, will change to another notification app. I, I don't know, to be honest. Uh, I I somehow hope they will do it because just uh, for uh, the sake of it <laughs> uh, at some point. But on the other hand, I mean, if I look at the background of Telegram, I'm I'm a bit dubious if, if it's just like uh, changing one hat for another, that just uh, is in the end exactly the same thing. And uh, yeah, um, I think it will be interesting if something new comes up. I... Also, I think the revenue stream is important because not only do you have to uh, maintain the mobile clients or the clients in general, but also the server, the infrastructure. Uh, it costs money in the end to run this, and people have been accustomed for this to be free and to pay with their privacy. And I think we will see how this goes. Um, but yeah, I'll be I'll be open on on any messaging client in the future. So you can reach me. I'll have all the notifications on and go slowly insane. <laughs> and the DMs on our Twitter account are open. So, you know, that's also... <laughs> no one has responded yeah. yet, I think. So please send us a message. We're longing for your message. That's basically <laughs> yeah. what you're always trying to say. Yeah. You could be the first. Yeah. We, we are in lockdown. We have no social interaction. So, you know, I'm desperate. I need messages on our podcast account. Um, there is no first. So should we, should we check if we have any listeners? Um, maybe, maybe we have none. So if you are the first, I will personally 
make it my mission to come up with some kind of prize and get it to you. Here we go. I have stickers. See, stickers. We'll, we'll we figure go. something out. We'll figure something. Mm. Oh, well. So, yeah, I think with that bombshell announcement right there, we can wrap up this episode on our messaging apps. We've been your hosts, Stephen Tewissen. Gerald Schleus. And Mark Alibone. If you have a great idea for a messaging app, don't forget to shoot us a message over on Twitter at NullPointers.io. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe and stay safe. And until next week on NullPointers. Pointers.